Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. The men's accessories marketplace. Head on over to CuffLinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. They've got tons of stuff over there, whether it's gift set boxes. They've got Marvel ones. I'm looking at right now. Captain America Shields, baby. They have style from a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, any of the geeky stuff, and of course, the classic styles that you've grown to love. And you, the listener, will be rewarded because we're going to be doing some giveaways this season. So stay tuned. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to One Mike and Daily DVR's Deep Dive into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Today we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 1, entitled New World Order, directed by Kari Skogland and written by our showrunner Malcolm Spellman. Whether you are watching on the YouTube at One Mike or listening to the podcast, please do leave a like, subscribe, and write us a review. Also, remember to check out Mike's instant reaction to this episode on the One Mike channel, which we will be, of course, referencing today. Indeed. We do, Yes, indeed. We want your feedback. Hit us up at DVRpodcast.com. Comment on this here video at One Mike or join the Daily DVR Facebook group. Just search Daily DVR on the Facebook if you're an old motherfucker like me. We can curse on Facebook, right? Mm, I do it all the time. Yeah, I'm going to fucking do uh-huh. it anyway. Um, <laughs> my name is Axel, and of course, this is Mike. What's up, Mike? How you doing, buddy? What, what's up, man? Uh, pretty pretty anxious to uh, to get started on this, just because, like, you know, I, I've I've watched it twice. I think this is my first time doing something of a deep dive on a on a TV show. Uh, I've listened to a ton, so uh, I I don't know how this is going to go, but uh, I'm I'm fairly confident we, we won't sound like assholes. Yeah, so. I think we're just going to talk. That's yep. Yeah, <laughs> which That's which is a good way happen. for me to still sound like an asshole, but I'll try. Yeah. I'll try to refrain. And let's try not to talk about the Snyder Cut. We're here to talk about Falcon <laughs> yes. and Winter Soldier. Um, yeah. <laughs> we saw your Snyder Cut. I did a little uh, thing on my Patreon. I actually put it up for free. You can go over to DVR uh, Patreon dot com slash DVR. And uh, suffice to say, we had the same exact opinion on it. And I finished it last night, and my opinion did not change. But let's talk about something different, which is we are here to cover the full season of Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to be recording about every Sunday. So like I said, we'd love your feedback, and we're going to have some feedback from Facebook today. Uh, that people gave us over the weekend. So it does give you a little time, a couple days to think about it before you reach out to us. And this is going to go up, like we said, uh, both on the podcast forum through Westworld Theorycast, Daily DVR, and Simulcast on one mic on the YouTube. And we're going to, you know, go through all of these episodes, dive in, try to find a little bit of Easter eggs. I'm going to try to bring a little bit of my knowledge from film production and that kind of stuff. And we're just going to freaking talk about this awesome show, which I found to be a lot of fun. And let's go to you first, Mike. What what are your kind of initial reactions? If you want to summarize, we can just kind of start it off talking about how, 
how it really made you feel like when you when it, the credits rolled how are you feeling uh like we kind of mentioned when uh, I think we talked about WandaVision in, in the same kind of context, but uh, the, the, the cinematic feel of this is it, it's consistent. It's clear that that's what Marvel's going for to try to make these things feel as in in step with the films as they can. Definitely. And from just from the opening, the Marvel title sequence thing, the same thing they do for the movies uh, transition. And we could talk into this later when we, we talk about it a little bit more further, but transitioning into the opening action scene and then just as the episode progresses, it just it felt like it, it felt like the films, but on a smaller scale. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a I thought it was a very solid opening episode. Um, I didn't have any I had a, a I wouldn't even call it an issue, but like you know, a, 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 an observation. But uh, other than that, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good opening episode. Nothing, you know, I'm not, you know, I didn't knock my socks off or anything, but yeah. it was a, it was a good, good first episode. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see where the season goes. Definitely. You can't help but to compare to WandaVision because this is really, they had the Netflix shows that were under Jeff Loeb. There was a really a total different thing. And they, and even agents of shield, is is not what WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are. These are the culmination of allowing the film studio to make TV shows. And that's why it does, like you said, it looks seamless. It's not another branch that, you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. looks like an ABC network show. It's got some mm-hmm. good stuff. And I like that show, but it definitely looks like a network show. This, yeah. you're absolutely right. Just from the opening when Sam is ironing the shirt and everything, I'm like, okay, I'm watching a new, you know, Falcon movie. This is, this is okay. Let's go. Right. And that's how I felt. I felt it was, it was very introductory. Obviously, there was a lot of what have you been doing since the blip? And let's catch up on a little bit of. The character development, which I found to be amazing, which is what I've always desired from these films to kind of feel it when there's a battle to care what's happening mm-hmm. about the character. Um, the action scene in the beginning was amazing. I mean, from plane to plane, I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't bothered. Uh, there was a little bit of critical panning, a little, some people making fun, you know, it's Falcon Winter Soldier and they're not even together in the first episode. Oh, shut the fuck uh, up. Come thank on. You. That's the way Come I feel. <laughs> okay. I feel the same way. That didn't bother me. And that's, we're, we know we're watching like a buddy team up. We want to see them separate and why they get together, right? Like, that's yeah, good. Yeah. So. And we um, needed this, like this kind yeah. of like uh, of, of grounding of such a big universe after the events that have taken place in Endgame in, in and the and Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, like to kind of like get down on the ground, get down into these cities, uh, these small towns, the fishing village or, or whatever, yeah. you know, or, or uh, where was a. Uh, where was Bucky at uh, Tunisia or something like that? Like, you know, like to get down into these small cities and see what these guys live like when they're not super superheroing. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Like, like, Hey, let's check in on Sam. Let's see what he's been doing since the, you know, the end of end game. Let's, let's, let's meet his sister. Let's meet his nieces and nephews. Let's get down into what his, his day to day 
life is like. And, you know, I, I, I would always prefer that to just uh, like, like if you, if it, you wouldn't necessarily be doing it, but if you were shoehorning in like a, a, a immediate team up, you know, maybe I'm not sitting here going like, oh, I wish I'd found out about what Sam was doing in the fishing village. But like, you know, finding out that, you know, what's going on there as the show progresses, that shit's going to matter because we're going to we're going to feel like we know these people like we already do. They could have just dove right in, but like they chose to give us a little bit more. And I, I, I appreciate that kind of shit because I know I know it's going to pay off. I know it will. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. And as you mentioned, one of the things I really enjoyed about this episode was that we basically met two new like kind of main characters or characters that seem, <clears throat> excuse me, like are going to be a part of this season. And that's Sarah on Sam's side, his sister, like you mentioned, and his nephews and Torres, uh, as well. Um, who has that has like this is in touch with this augmented reality. And we'll get into that whole thing, but I liked his character too. I liked the way that they were able to just have people start talking and not, and just kind of smooth right into it. And one of the things that does happen in Marvel and, you know, it happened a bit in WandaVision, as you made reference to, there's a specific episode. What was it? Episode four or five, where they just basically lay out everything, right? Like this is how this happened. And then this happened and they (laughs) do do that a bit. So, you know, there's like, There's many times where Sam has to say that's his sister and someone has to say, it's your sister, it's your nephew, you know, like, so we do have that, but I felt that they chose really solid actors and actress for the roles and as they do great casting in Marvel and what helped, what helped it too was the inclusion, like you said, of what they do at home the other side of things and the mentioning of the blip and thinking about how that has affected this world. And for me, that was one of the coolest things about this episode and what I was looking forward to, because as we talked about in the um, uh, MCU kind of roundup we did, I had just watched uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and I was fascinated how they kept on talking about that. I really, that was really cool for me. Like, I like the idea of what this world is because, like, again, you want to be able to care about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is going to help uh, aid these television shows and the movies going forward. Because if you, um, uh, you watch The Expanse, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the, very very few criticisms that uh you're familiar with ball move that yeah. ball move had of the most recent season was that we don't really get to see the degree of devastation that marcos did to yes. to, to earth yes. and we are getting that here like Definitely. like that 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 really intimate uh uh depiction of how the blip affected people like just just the the I, I don't know if I'm, I'm jumping out of line here, but like the scene in the bank, like that, that conversation, just like, you know, here we can't, you don't have any income for the past five years. Like, like just that kind of stuff, like giving us an idea of how the world is operating post blip is, 
I, I don't know. It, it, it gives everything so much more meaning. Like it, it makes you feel like you're more, I guess a part of it is kind of what it feels like. It doesn't feel like I'm watching superheroes on screen. It kind of feels like I'm watching people who I can relate to. And I, I, that's so important. Once, once you start raising the stakes in these, in these movies or these television shows, they're, they're doing a great job with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with you. Um, because again, the thing that happens with the films is that they have to rush past a lot of the character development and a lot, and a lot of character development is not just a character doing a speech where they say, when I was a little kid, this happened to me, you know, like bachelor style or something, right? Like everyone has their sob story. So you know, it's, it's actually seeing them interact with other people through other adventures or um, just things that happen to them. Even if they seem mundane, you're learning about how this person navigates the world and what world they live in. And this is all giving us that opportunity. And this is why I always am in favor. And when I think back on all of the many 20 or so MCU films so far, a good half of them would have been better off as a six to eight episode TV series. We would have learned a lot more. I say specifically the Ant-Man films, I think would have been a lot more fun. We could have had a lot more comedy and, and even a lot more heart stuff, relationship stuff over six to eight episodes, then jammed into a, a film that then you have to take chunks of 20 minutes or so out for each action scene, you know, which doesn't mm-hmm. leave you a lot of time to do that. But, um, Let's kind of let's let's talk. Let's take a few comments we got from Facebook and then we'll kind of go through the episode and talk about specific things that we found interesting. First off, Matt Stone said, loved it. Certainly more traditional than WandaVision, but a good exposition episode to set up character motivation. Sebastian Stan is really good. There you go, Matt. Picking up on the same thing. I agree with every word of that. Yep. Aaron Otto, A-Hustler, says the first episode was amazing. I really like what what Disney is doing with the Marvel shows. I mean, wow. And Aaron is a (laughs) guy, you know, Aaron is is, uh, not always uh, into all of this kind of stuff. So this has won him over, too. You know, he he covered the leftovers with me back in the day and lost, of course. Oh, I remember that. Uh, Ando, Ando Calrissian says, loved it. I was not expecting how dark this episode got especially everything regarding Bucky's past. I really enjoyed how this seems to be dealing even more directly with the effects of the blip than WandaVision did. I'm very excited to see where this story goes next. Hey, yeah, same here. And the Bucky I, I stuff, planned on talking oh, about the Bucky stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll definitely get into that. And I, I like that too. I, I, I like the fact Now, I have read some stuff, and even I was kind of thinking, like, okay, are we past the point where we can kind of move this character to a new phase, you know, where it doesn't have to be about the awfulness that he, the atrocities he committed as Winter Soldier, but the fact that they do the whole amends list shows that that's what this whole series is about. 
Mm-hmm. And I like that because they really needed to deal with that, you know, because yeah. we're not sometimes in my mind, the events of Winter Soldier and the events of Civil War get mixed up because it's a lot of him and the code words that control. You <laughs> oh, yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so you kind of it seems a little bit cyclical and then he goes to Wakanda and it's like, okay, so now we're seeing something totally different, which I like. Um, Gareth, the host of dissecting Dexter, which is coming back. He just did another episode. You know, Dexter's coming back, right? I I do. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. (laughs) It would be the best way to put it. (laughs) I will be watching it. Yes. I'll be watching it. A big fan of Dexter, but yeah, yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to rein it in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, trust me, Gareth is cautiously optimistic too. He was he's great and he was very realistic in his assessment of kind of uh the end of Dexter. Um but about uh Falcon and Winter Soldier, he says I like the opportunity this gives him to explore characters more deeply so we can see the impact events had on them as we said like WandaVision did. If Bucky is going to be in therapy with billets regularly, I welcome these scenes. That guy has plenty to work out. I, I, I wonder if that's going to become like a Tony Soprano type thing, but I don't know if he's going to be off doing adventures. We're going to check in every episode. I hadn't considered that, but I would like that. And I think it's one of those things where, like uh, like Ando said, when he said um, uh, rereading his comment right now, uh, I really enjoyed how this seems to be dealing even more directly with the effects of the blip. Like it's one of those things where like, I didn't enter this show thinking I'd really like to see how Bucky and Sam have dealt with the blip, you know, everything since then, or I'd really like to see like Bucky having a, a dealing grappling with his past and having an amends list or talking to a therapist. Like I didn't think about any of those things, but watching them, I'm like, this is smart. Like this is yeah. a good way to do this. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I didn't know I wanted it till I got it. And then I got it. And I'm like, yeah, this feels right. <laughs> yeah, so definitely see, I did kind of want that. Like I said, because of Spider-Man, that's one of the things I really liked in Spider-Man was that they kept on talking about, wait, that kid's really 13. (laughs) I mean, they can't drink, right? Right. Like, don't, and all, all this kind of stuff that I found to be fascinating because like the leftovers that I mentioned earlier, I've always thought the idea of like billions or millions of people just disappearing, quite fascinating, you know, having grown up Catholic and Having thought about the freaking end days and all that stuff, not anymore, people. I'm free. But um, <laughs> I always had that idea, like, what the hell would that look like? A rapture, you know, like people disappearing. So the fact that the MCU tackled that and the way they did it in Spider-Man was so cool because it's through teenagers' eyes, which is they're just going to talk about it. Not like adults that would be kind of, and this is more the adult side, right? Where, hey, you don't have something on your resume, like you were saying with the banks or something, or, you know, how would that really affect a relationship? Like, say a woman moved on and found another man or a man found another woman, like that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. I think, is really fascinating. Um, And I do like the idea of, and I wonder if they're going to do it. It would be kind of funny if they did like a 
back in the day, I guess they call them webisodes, but now just like a special feature on Disney Plus where it's like Bucky in therapy and it's just like a two minute thing, you know? And then, I don't think they would, but I'd like to, I'd like to see that. <laughs> that would be hilarious, dude, right? And I'd it's like just to like see that. some of them are really serious and some of them are really funny and ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that that could be really kind of cute thing to do, but I don't know if they do that because they are trying to do something more serious with him. Yeah. Um, so thanks for those comments. Thank you to Gareth and Ando Aaron and Matt. We're going to put that up every week on the Facebook page and make sure you can email us, dvrpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also put a comment out one mic. And we are going to be doing a giveaway with uh, cufflinks.com, the sponsor of the DVR Podcast Network, baby, and this show as a result. So we're going to have a couple of uh, ties and different items that we're going to give out and we're just basically going to pick, I think, what do we say, Mike? We're going to pick like the best comment that we'll really mm-hmm. dive into. And that, yeah, and, and that could be a comment. Up. Yep. And that could be a comment like the ones you just read off of a Facebook post. It could be comments on if I, you know, I post this to my YouTube channel. It could be yep. a comment from there, a comment from Twitter, like any of you guys listening, however you deliver your feedback or, or, uh, or anything like that is eligible. Cool, brother. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's kind of dive through. I am an extensive note taker, so I kind of noted each one of the scenes. We don't need to kind of go into each and every one uh, directly, like describing the action scene. But let's just kind of start at the beginning, because I thought what was really cool is that we talked a little bit about how it starts out with Sam getting dressed. And this is very much like scenes we've seen before, actually with um cap and also i think there was a scene with tony stark when he's like preparing in and so it kind of echoes the legacy of marvel i felt did you Hmm. pick up on that no i i i i can't even recall yeah seen that before so So like if if that's something that they've done with with those characters that'd be really uh that'd be a, a pretty insightful thing to 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 slide in there yeah to to for us to catch it, I, I didn't know. I didn't catch that. It's not exact, but there's elements of it. Like when, when, um, when Steve first wakes up and the old radio is playing, you know, when he's been asleep or whatever, you know, for uh, all those, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I remember now. Yeah. It's like the same kind of shot. And it was so, there. I think it was in the first it, Iron Man. There's something like that too, where he like wakes up, you know, and it even it, has a similar kind of like, uh, um, like almost like a filter yes. kind of like like a, um, like a, a a just waking up in the morning kind of yep, lens filter exactly. kind of deal. Uh, yep. yeah. yeah right like it's it's that old it's that captain america what year is it what you know <laughs> yeah. kind yep. of feel to it and you hear uh the old steve say how does it feel and then sam says like it's someone else's and then steve says it isn't and i had to put on the captions to see who was talking, but that is like, I, I don't know if that was a direct line from what I think it was when it is wh- it's f- from end game. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't go back and watch. I wasn't sure if they had changed it a little bit and to kind of uh, reflect on the, this, it but- isn't part. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember if he says it isn't, but the, how does it feel like it's someone right. else's that's direct. That's pulled directly from end game, okay. but I'm not sure about the, it isn't. 
Yeah. See, that might be it. That it was the, it isn't part that was, um, that was new here. That's interesting. Yeah. Could be. Could be. I like how they did that. And I think that this is kind of cool because so much of the Captain America stuff is, you know, he's a soldier. So it has that classic soldier America feel. And that's the same thing with Sam. And as he, as we find out, he's now working like for, I think he says, I think he says the Navy at some point in the show, but I don't, I just basically he's working for the U S government in some capacity. Yeah. I, he said, he, he mentioned at the bank, uh, government contracts, yeah. but I, I feel like that was, uh, I didn't know if that was like, Hey, here's a contract saying that I will have future work with the government or if it was here are, here's <laughs> evidence that I have had work for the government. Like, <laughs> but, I agree. You know, I, I, yeah. I could, I, I wasn't sure, but either way, Hey, he got the point across. Yeah, I wasn't sure either, but he does say, I think it's when he's talking to Torres and they're, they're working on Red Wing. He says something like, I've been working with the Navy now for six months. Cause I think this oh, is, so, yeah. right? This is supposed to be like six months past the blip or a little bit mm-hmm. more than yeah. that. So mm-hmm. he's, you see, he's not, he seems to be, he's not like, with the team or anything, right? He's kind of solo doing missions. We don't know in what capacity he's been working with any of the other Avengers or anything that's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found to be kind of interesting because uh, you would think that they were in, that's the thing with WandaVision. I wasn't always expecting someone to pop up. Because it seemed to me that Wanda was off on her own. They made that pretty obvious, right? Mm-hmm. With this, I thought we might get a little bit. I mean, obviously, we see Don Cheadle later, right? We see right. that he's a part of the government and whatnot. But we don't really see them talking about, hey, we've got to go work on this. And nobody helps him in on the Libya-Tunisian border mm-hmm. in this against LAF here. So... That to me, I, I am always, that's the thing that I've watched all these movies. I've seen everything, but I still, I, is, are you as confused too? Like, where's everybody else? Isn't he still working with those people? What happened? Cause at the end of, um, uh, at the end of the last movie, it was kind of like, okay, there's some other people now. Yeah. I, 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 I just kind of look at it as me getting to see what they do in their downtime. Like, I don't even expect, I don't expect to see them connect with other Avengers. I always look at it as like, you know, they go back to their everyday lives kind of until, and there's like some, like, like the, a a red Batman phone or something that rings when you, when, you know, the Avengers are needed or something like that. And like, that's, that's what I liked about this episode so much is the, uh, is the showing what happens, what happens in between the big events and like that's uh, I think that's one of those things where I kind of don't want to see too many like tie ins with like the movies yeah, in the sense of like, yeah. hey, Dr. Strange just showed up. Like, I, I like the grounded <laughs> feel like I, like, I don't yeah. need to see the fucking circle He's shit like happening. Like, <laughs> like, I just yeah, I, 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 know, I, I like I this grounded feel. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's a little bit different, like between 
um uh bef- between the infinity movies when you come back in the second one they have they're kind of always checking in on each other right like what's going on and mm-hmm. you assume okay well maybe that's just because the blip happened right they're they're still kind of like recovering from it and they're in like constant mode of what could happen next right but uh, or how they could fix it as well but i figured now since everything is kind of like back to working order that they would be more like they were in in like the beginning of like ultron or something where or civil war or something where they're like all working together on a thing you know what i'm saying like oh yeah no that's I, what I, I figured like it didn't have to be a thanos level event for them to get together they also like there's terrorists around there's a natural disaster or whatever that they might need to hell a, a stray alien ship or you know, i don't know yeah, something I, i've always looked at it the opposite like oh, i always feel like yeah i always feel like a, a superhero team probably only gets together on fairly rare occasions and like what we see in the comics or in the movies is are, are those rare occasions the but they could be ones. spaced out for like months okay. and they're like in the in the downtime the you know the 90 percent of the rest of their lives they have like regular fucking <laughs> i guess they lives. would burn out like, i'm always right about that you know? i've always like yeah. that's i've always wondered that and and assumed that that mm. that you know most of their day most of their life is spent, you know, living regular, a regular life doing, you know, maybe superhero shit here and there, but like regular everyday life. And then they come together for these big cataclysmic events. But like, and those obviously happen more often than they would in real life, but it's still probably like, you know, maybe like once a year they get together with everybody else. And the most of the rest of the time, they're just doing their own thing. And that's why this is actually one of the first points that I wanted to get into was um, the scene at the bank, because uh, kind of tying into that, I, this is another thing that I've wondered is how they make a living. And when uh, when Sam goes into the bank, um, well, no, prior to him going into the bank, when he's discussing with his sister uh, about selling the boat and selling the house, and he says something to the effect of like, uh, what if I help you take out another loan? We can consolidate the debt and you can have a lower monthly payment, something like that. And I paused it and I turned to my wife. I'm like, if you're an Avenger, you shouldn't have any fucking debt. What do you mean debt? Like, like that should be forgiven. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, they shouldn't have to pay for anything. And I don't, and she's like, you mean like at Starbucks? I'm like, at Starbucks, they shouldn't have to pay a mortgage. Like, like, I, like I feel like if you're an Avenger, you shouldn't have to pay for anything. Like, you should just hit, hey, here's a house for you to live in. Thanks for saving the planet. Like, how can you have debt? Yeah, it is. It is. I and I have to say that. This I is, like the fact that they talked about that. Yeah, I do. I like the fact that they talked about it, but I don't know that it's it is in any way believable to me in the sense that is he getting a regular salary at least? I mean, he's flying around, you know, on some mission, right? Like yeah. um, you know, I think that they would they I guess you could say that he would just get a regular, you know, like grunt salary or whatever. He just gets to come in whenever he wants, right? Like he gets yeah. to choose his missions. Um, and since he's not doing any mercenary stuff on the side, he's not making big money, but you'd think it at least have an Instagram. 
You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, come on. You know, I mean, the guy, people recognize him uh, as happened at the bank, but it could also be that he, they don't believe in commercializing it in that sense, right? It is very ups, it, it is not. The MCU is awesome and it's fun and I love it, but this ain't better call Saul. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they're not really cause you're right. I think that it's, they use this when they can make a scene and kind mm-hmm. of give you a little hint of it. They do give you a little hint of it and you get interested and you think it's kind of cool and it forwards the plot, but it really That's all doesn't, I needed from it. Exactly. It doesn't mm-hmm. really have to make that much sense. So I don't I, even care what the yeah, answer is. Yeah. I like, but, like it doesn't matter to me how they yeah. get paid or anything like that. I, I just, I like the fact that, that they, they cared enough exactly. to address they something like a real out. world yeah. everyday yeah. problem to like, like help ground the superheroes. Like, Hey, they, these guys got to make a living too. Yes. Like that, that's, and that's all I needed. I don't, I don't give a fuck how they get paid, but like, I think about it, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, whatever answer they give, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, I disagree. Like, no, it's, it's yeah. I, I don't, I don't care how they do it, but I like that they addressed it. Yeah. So since we're talking about, let's, let's, time on. yeah, let's talk about this, Sam and the, and the, and the home and the going home stuff. Cause that takes up a good portion of the episode. Then we can talk a little bit about, the um laf laugh and kind of the bucky stuff after that um okay. uh, first of all the actress her name is i'm going to try to pronounce it properly adapero adoye i think that's the way you say it um uh she's from brooklyn but i i remember her from widows she was in 12 years a slave the big short um i thought she was awesome again with the casting they do such great casting in the MCU and it's they really ve- do. very rarely like there's certain casting that I have not loved. Like I'm not in love with Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I'm getting more used to the way she plays the character because she's a great actress, but mm-hmm. the way she chose or they chose to play the character was a little strange to me. It made more sense once we got to infinity wars, but um, I, I felt it wasn't as fun, you know, um, but she is great. Sarah is a great character and she right away just seems like his sister, you know, like they have a great chemistry on screen together. Uh, and I really, I loved all this stuff. I think they're supposed to be in like Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. New Orleans, New yeah. Orleans. And I loved the, the fishing dock. And the boat and everything just looked really cool. I like the house. It just looked very authentic and real. They do the nice sweeping shots, you know, they make mm-hmm. everything look really like it's a an American Express commercial or something, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like Tony Stark's going to drive out and be like American Express. <laughs> Did um, you, I, I don't know if you, if you noticed this, uh, it, it, it it might just be it, it, there's a strong possibility it was just me but um when they're at that in, on that pier or, or that dock or whatever with the boat um sam and his sister are having a, a little minor argument and uh she goes i need to talk to the, can we talk or something like that and then another guy comes up and interrupts yes and um and, and sam goes uh I, and the guy says something like hey sam or something like that and sam goes yeah man just just try to live like you so, so something like that and like that's something that 
lended a little bit more authenticity for me because that's something that black folks say to each other a lot. Okay. Like you might like you might say see a guy like, hey, what's up, man? You're like, oh, I just try to get like you. Just try to like that. <laughs> like that's a thing that we say a lot. And so like having Sam say that, like it 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 shows a level of attention to detail that I really appreciate. Cause that like that's not just any old any old writer's not just putting that in there by happenstance. Like that 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 was that that response was chosen purposefully and i i appreciated that that was a nice little nice little bit there well that's cool and that's something that we should mention um there was an article that had appeared an interview that i had sent over to you i think at, that it was um it was in io9 or something i can't remember i'll put it in the uh show notes where they talked to the showrunner malcolm spellman about how the black experience plays into this show right Mm. and um and how it plays into sam his choice of whether or not to pick up the shield um and that's something that we can get into too because there was also the great conversation when we see him after the big action stuff there's another moment where it's just he and I'm just going to keep on calling him Don Cheadle because whatever role he's in, he's Don Cheadle to me. Um, I struggle with that, too. <laughs> right? Like there's just Even right now, people. I'm like, what is his name? Oh, Rody. Yeah. Rody. But Rody. there's just Rody. certain Rody. people, too, that it's Don Cheadle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but it seems like he's just going to step out of the screen and go, I'm Don Cheadle. Um, I, I do. I'm like that with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't. He's always Kevin. Yeah, yep. he's just Kevin right. Spacey. <laughs> um, but you have that conversation where it is two black men on a screen talking about this, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that while I was watching that, I thought about that. I said because it's just similar to you have the Bechtel test, right? Film and TV, where are there two women? on a screen talking to each other and they're not talking about a man or talking about what a man told them to talk about. Right. And mm-hmm. how often do you get where people who are underrepresented are able to have a time on TV in film and TV where they're having a conversation and it's within just them. Right. And like you say, you see that on the boat with his on the dock with his sister and the other people he sees. He's at home. Then you see when he's talking to Don Cheadle and in that interview with Malcolm Spellman. And he's talked about how that is something that this show is about is does Sam want to take the mantle of the white, blonde haired, blue eyed Captain America? You know? Or mm-hmm. is he trying to create this? Is there something new? Should he shed the Falcon to be something else? Right. Right. That this white guy started. Now, of course, that white guy is Steve, his friend who he's fought many battles with. But in terms of um, just American history and modern society, this is something that people think about. And something that people should think about. What did you think about that aspect of the show? Because it's not, you know, this isn't Watchmen, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's part it's of the, the show. Subtext. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it wasn't overt. I I I, I did kind of it did kind of get the the wheels turning, um, particularly when after uh, after 
Sam returns the shield, the guy that he returns it to, who I'm assuming is the president or something within this universe, because he's the same guy that introduces the new Old Captain America guy. at the no, end. No, no, white guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says something like, uh, thank you, Sam, you made the right decision or something like that, something mm-hmm. to that effect. And it made me think, like, does he mean you made the right decision by voluntarily returning this to the Smithsonian? Or is it more like you made the right decision not trying to take up the role yourself? Yeah. And 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 that kind of uh, tied in with the conversation, you know, the, the I think the conversation with him and Don Cheadle followed that exchange. So, uh, yeah, and that sequence, it kind of got the it got the ball rolling in my head. Like, is it, are they potentially kind of going to kind of lean into this a little bit? Yeah, um, I hope they do. Uh, I, I don't know if that's all that's going to be there. But again, that's another one of those things, like I said at the top, where it's like, you know, I, I didn't know I wanted it until I got it. And then I, I got it. I'm like, oh, that's a nice touch. So yeah. um, it's cool. I hope, they, I hope they deal with it a little bit. I hope it's not too heavy handed, though. Like I, I, I like I'd like it to just be like a little subtle little slide in there and and, and, and you know, give us a little something to think about. I, I don't want it to get too. <laughs> too preachy yeah no i totally agree and i think that it's cool that it's in, just an acknowledgement of that fact mm-hmm. right and then you're gonna see the way that sam processes that and leading and it also plays into the bank scene which mm-hmm. is historically speaking something that has happened you know for generations and something that black people have dealt with not getting loans like we talk about like w- with watchmen right black wall street when mm-hmm. people have money who controls money i mean obviously these are real things so yeah. to not acknowledge that in the scene is just is could be almost farcical you have to acknowledge it and the MCU knows what it's doing. I mean, it's Disney. It's the United Colors of Benetton, right? They want to appeal to everyone and to everyone's story. So I just think that they did it very well, basically, you know, because speaking of the Snyder cut, you shouldn't try to be serious if you don't have the cojones or you're not going to back it up, right? With that backbone. And mm-hmm they take it serious enough right and especially because his sister was making reference to that when she was talking to the guy when she says it's Mm -hmm. always us who doesn't have it right Mm -hmm. and that's what you and sam was kind of like chill out i'm trying to use the falcon angle over here (laughs) right (laughs) Right? it's like but she she came in she never she never intended on on going going along with this uh kindly she was opposed to it from the start she knew it was going to end up like that sam hinted like let me help which was him kind of saying like he says i'm like but you got me now which i think that i think we were meant to glean from that (laughs) hey nudge nudge you got a superhero here ready to come in with you and help you out and she was never buying it she was in there feisty she already she could she could see it coming. She could see the screw job coming. And yeah, she called it. Yeah. And I think there's also a sense of her saying um, that there was a sense of pride involved in that, too, which mm-hmm. is saying you shouldn't have to use that. I've, we've been banking with them art for generations. Like I said, it exactly. Exactly. You know, like, why is it that they still don't trust us? Mm-hmm. You know, like after all these years, we have to bring in all this extra documentation and blah, blah, blah. When when his buddy, you know, Steve, if that's his name, walks in there, he's going to give him the loan. 
Because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know where you live. We're good with, you know what I'm saying? But we are mm-hmm. not afforded that same opportunity. And I think that, um, I like, again, I like the way they handled it. She, they didn't have the discussion we just had, but mm-hmm. they kind of did. You know, they made reference to it and they kept the plot moving. And I think that the first episode shows, especially with Sam's story, where it ends up where we see them introduce the new Captain America, because we're talking, you know, we could just figure, finish Sam's story here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a white dude that he's like, huh? You know, who's that? We kind mm-hmm. of, re- I recognize who it is. Did you rec- I recognize the actor? I don't yet no. know. Uh, it looked to me like it was Wyatt Russell. Who was that? Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Holy fuck. You I know? didn't know. That. Yeah, he's going to be in the <laughs> Has show. Has he been in anything yeah, I've no, seen? Spo- I don't know. no, no, no. Spoiler alert. He's in this show. But, and he's playing someone. Yeah, is. we. I don't want to do spoilers for. We'll discuss anything that happened within the episode, but he's going to become yeah. a, and he'll be a recognizable character for comic book fans. Um, but I believe I that recognize was who the character that was. from the comic, but I, 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 I didn't know who the actor was. Yeah. I was like, look at this adult Joffrey. Yeah. <laughs> I, got to see like I think it was him because the mask is all kind of scrunched up. I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil myself. So I just kind of looked at the, oh. you know, I looked at it, but, um, cause certain things, when it comes to looking up stuff on this show or doing background, you do have to be careful because, yeah. I mean, like we talked about in the last episode here, there are pickings from so many different stories in the past of comics that you can easily kind of get spoiled and stuff like that on what, like even the organization that's mentioned, which we'll get into, um, is is something that they haven't yet kind of revealed on the show. They're calling it a different name. But I thought that that was great. I thought that the the stuff involving Sam and his family, I especially like his sister. Um, we should talk a little bit about Torres. I thought he was pretty cool introduction. You like that character? Yeah, I mean he seemed he seemed fine. Like I I, I don't I don't know if he's going to be somebody that's going to be prominent in the series or not. So I I, I kind of was only. Uh, I don't want to say half watching him, he says, but I didn't know if this was a character who was going to be just kind of like this tertiary character that was going to be in this episode, or if he's going to be more prominent and someone that I should be paying closer attention to. But um, no, I, I, I thought he was a perfectly good character. Like I liked his scene with um, uh, with Sam with Sam when they were in. Uh, I, I can't forget, Tunisia. Is it? I think it's Tunisia. I'm just gonna say Tunisia. Yeah, they were. Tunisia, they were on the it. Tunisian okay. Okay. Libyan border. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I like the conversation that they had there where he was showing them the whole uh, the, like you mentioned the augmented reality. Yeah, I like the, the red hand thing. I yep. thought that was pretty cool. Um. So. And the, his his uh his fight scene uh with the flag smasher guy uh, uh toward the end of the episode. M- matter of fact, I'll, I thought they I thought they killed him. <laughs> like like, Me too. like that head stop or whatever that was. Yeah. I was like, oh, he, oh he's dead. <laughs> you can never tell, right? I mean, that's another uh, thing that's funny in the MCU is like certain blows will kill a motherfucker and other they'll just get up you know what i mean like yeah. depending on the person and they could have powers or not have powers yeah, it's he just got up and went on facetime yeah like, hey, i mean you're fine okay seriously <laughs> let me tell you something if i stomped your face you would not be getting up and i'm just a regular 250 pound man that guy looked pretty big you yeah, don't need to be a superhero that, right before that he kicked somebody into like a pole and it's like the pole sounded like you threw a brick at it like 
And I'm like, that he just stopped on a guy's head. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, then he stopped. I'm like, oh, that guy's dead, man. (laughs) Well, you know, he has plot armor. So that's very, that's the heaviest armor you can get. Indestructible. Um, but yeah, I like Torres because it is an introduction to this organization, which we find out a little bit about, um, first on the airplane where they're introducing Sam. It's called the LAF. And we see Bar Bar Rock Bar Truck, who you talked about. He's like a mixed martial arts guy, right? Yep, JPP yeah, uh, is his name. GSP. GSP. Okay. George Saint Pierre. Okay. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's widely considered to be the best mixed martial artist in uh in history, um, and he was also in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Exact same character, yep. still still George Saint Pierre. Him and uh, Cap fought on the the deck of that boat in the opening sequence. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool seeing him return. Uh, I, I knew that he was going to be in it, but I had forgotten. So seeing him, I was like, Oh shit, he's back. Cool. Yeah. So Torres kind of introduces us, gives us a little bit of that info. And then later that same, that is the same organization that he's seeing this augmented reality. They're alternatively called LAF, the hand, right? It was because uh-huh. it wasn't it like the red hand or something mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and flag smashers. And they mm-hmm. what they want is they want to unite the world here. I had it written down here. They want to unite the world uh, under one government, which scares a lot of Republicans. Um, <laughs> they want a world government unity without borders. And they believe that things were better during the blip with less people. But because of this, because of Baytrock, I guess. I have no idea how to say that. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. You want to say Bartrock. Yeah, but Batrock doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that, too. I was like, Batrock. It sounds like some bad uh, 80s (laughs) rapper. That's right? what 68, uh, 68 Batman will be listening to in his headphones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell us a bat rock. With no K. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it seems to me that they are some sort of Hydra-like offshoot where – because in there is a little bit of Easter egg stuff in the credits – there's some newspaper articles that are flashed really quickly. And I was looking at that too, because I always like to pay attention to this kind of shit. And they mention something called a, um, uh, a power broker. Like, and this is, and I think they're starting to introduce this now in the MCU where they're going to introduce like X-Men and all that kind of stuff, right? Which is basically a person who, has like the super soldier serum and is going to turn for money will give you powers. Right. Hmm. So this is something that exists in the comics. I don't think this is really a spoiler because it is in the show. It's in the context of the show. Mm -hmm. So um, I think what we're getting here is we're trying to look like, what is the post MCU world? We've seen a lot of it with, um, you know, like Doctor Strange and the Guardians of the Galaxy, what's happening over there, right? But when we return back to our 70s spy movie, which is what we're in now, right? The Captain America side of things, we need to find out this new evil terrorist organization that's developing here on Earth. And it seems to be 
some kind of Hydra offshoot using the super soldier serum to create more, I would guess, super soldiers because the guy who does kick um, Torres definitely had some kind of powers. You can't just yeah, throw a person like that, yeah. even in the MCU, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, no, he definitely has powers, yeah. yeah. I so, wonder then if he – I wonder if – I wonder what he was stealing then. What were they doing, right? Like there, there yeah. were those big, those big bags mm-hmm. and they were creating like almost a fake flash mob to distract mm-hmm. from what was happening. Yep. So you have not only like this kind of super soldier, you have this augmented reality part of it. So it's kind of like a cool sci-fi terrorist organization. Not cool because they're a terrorist organization, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I like the way they're developing this. I think this is kind of cool because I wanted to actually back in the day, I liked that they kept Hydra on the DL and then all of a sudden it was like Robert Redford, Hail Hydra and all that shit. But mm-hmm. I would have rather seen a buildup of it and get to know that organization a little bit more. I I find that to be interesting. So I like that we're getting this opportunity to learn more about it. And it, it also, it just turns on my kind of like 60s, 70s secret organization, lost <laughs> Dharma initiative, Hydra. I love that shit. Me, oh, man, me too. You know, yeah. I just. No, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in on that. Yeah. And I, I hadn't even considered the, uh, well, I, I didn't, I didn't pause during the credits. Like I actually did the opposite. I fast forwarded because I was looking for an actual, like to see if it had scenes, like actual scenes in it. So I didn't, I didn't oh, pause okay. on these newspapers. So like, that's a, that is a pretty big, I think, uh, uh, potential reveal of, of the direction the show could be going in. And I find, I find that to be super interesting. The yeah. whole idea of a secret organization, what, what were they like? Because we don't know what their goal is. Other, I mean, we know it in the in the in the large sense, but like, how are they going to go to achieve that? So, like, whatever it was they were stealing, it was a well thought out plan. Um, you know, like you said, like you mentioned with the flash mob and everything. Uh, it, they he had the distraction. He handed whatever he stole off to two other people who were going in the opposite direction. Like, so whatever this was was planned out. Um, he was probably given whatever this serum is so that he could be able to pull off this job right so i'm thinking so now like now my head's rolling like okay who who hired him like probably baron zemo like so it's like you there know you it's, it's getting the ball rolling so like, yeah, yeah i i i'm, I'm liking it i me like too. that and it makes me think too of who is this new captain america what makes him captain america right like if you're gonna have who if, makes him captain yeah, america exactly if you're gonna introduce a character in switzerland who kicks a throws a guy across then you're gonna they're gonna introduce a new captain. Is there something going on here? Hydra like why was that guy so happy that Sam gave him the shield back? Like you said, was that just kind of like a tacitly racist statement that the dude or does he have a a different idea going on or is it or both is it both <laughs> yes he it could be racist exactly. and have evil, it could evil be plans. both yeah. you know stay tuned for more <laughs> um but i think that yeah that's cool stuff um well let's talk a little bit about the bucky stuff that is really much more not really even connected to 
of course, the Sam stuff, but the overarching Captain America, the secret organization. It's really Bucky goes to therapy, hangs out with an old guy, goes out on a date, goes back and talks to the old guy. Yeah. That's it. Like, (laughs) that's kind of of it. it. You know, and I, I don't, I mean, we could, there, I thought it was really, I thought the therapy scene, we talked about it. It was cool. Um, I wrote down his winter therapy. This is his, he had an amends list that had a bunch of people on it that I didn't Mm -hmm. get a clip of, but I'm sure other people will go through. I'm going to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm other people. There's some other things listed on it. And we Mm -hmm. see one of, we see him go. Well, there is the quick little mission he does to set up the woman that he had helped forward from Hydra. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that. Of course, we see the flashback where he kills the old, older, I believe he's Japanese man named Yori. Mm-hmm. Um, his son, he kind of takes him out because he's basically collateral damage. He's in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. but wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. And, um, and it's interesting because, of course, that's very similar to the flashback back in the 70s. When he, when he steals the serum, right? When we mm-hmm. saw that. So, um, we're always getting, he's always finding out he killed somebody later. Um, <laughs> but right. his thing, in order to do his therapy, he's supposed to do these three things. Nothing illegal. Nobody gets hurt. And he has to tell the people he is contacting, I'm no longer the winter soldier and I'm trying to make amends. Mm-hmm. So I thought that the, that, to me, again, was like soprano style. I thought it was funny. I thought the woman Billets is her name. I hadn't caught that, but Gareth did. Had she appeared before in the MCU? You know, I was wondering that. Uh, she seemed familiar, but I can't think of any situation where we would have seen someone talking to a therapist anywhere. Yeah. And was- then I, I'm wondering if I'm I'm conflating uh uh the MCU and, and Mr. Robot, <laughs> even though I know the, the Mr. Mr. Robot therapist is not the same person. I'm wondering if that's why I'm thinking like, maybe I've seen this therapist before, but uh, I don't know. I didn't recognize her. Yeah. Off, I haven't seen off, you know, offhand, either. but like I, I had the thought like, am, like, am I supposed to know her from something? Like, have we seen her already? Uh, and she's the only character I had that thought about. Like, I didn't think that about Sam's sister or anything. So um, it's a possibility. Yeah, but um, I, I, I liked the 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 list thing that he had there. Uh, the list of of the um, I'm sorry, not the list, but the the three things that he's supposed to be doing. How he t- doesn't particularly care about doing them because uh, uh, you know he says nothing illegal, but I think hijacking someone's car electronically yes. is probably illegal. <laughs> the joke uh, is, that's kind of funny. He, that's yeah, that's like it's not even Sopranos. It's more like. Um, Oh, what's the, what's the what's a fucking um De Niro movie that basically start um you know when he's the the mob guy who goes to therapy with Oh, uh I I can't remember. imagine that or what's it called or something that or I can't remember. Analyze that. Analyze this and analyze yes. that. Analyze right? this and analyze that. Yes. Yep, yeah. It's more like that where it's kind of jokey, right? Where he's like you're mm-hmm. not going to do anything bad, are you? And then it's like cut to bam bam bam, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And that's kind of what happens here. And I like that too because that's another thing. You know what? This show was kind of funny. 
they had parts that were serious with Sam and stuff, but I thought some of the Bucky stuff was pretty funny, especially the date with the girl was kind of cute. You know, she's like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 106. 106. <laughs> that was kind of cool, you know? And then he was, you know, I just thought they played a, like a lightness with it. And I think that choosing to have him with some older guy um, whose son he killed. And you think at first when he was sitting down with Yori, what I thought was, is this somehow a guy he knew? from back in the day in Brooklyn or something, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like was he in the, maybe he was in the army with him and Steve or something. Like I didn't remember anything, yeah. you know? So to find out that he's making amends, but choosing to do it this way, I thought was really smart writing. Cause it makes you think of old Steve. It makes mm -hmm. you think of time. It makes you think of, wait, he killed this guy. He killed this guy's son, but he's as old as this guy, but he's also the guy's son mm -hmm. in a, some weird way. It was, yeah. I thought it was really smart writing. Me, me too, for the exact same yeah. reasons. And I think that's, and, and when he leaves the date to go to the guy's house and he ultimately does not reveal because I, I felt i felt like that was what was going to happen like oh shit he's going to tell this guy <laughs> what yeah, he did to his yeah, son yeah. and he ultimately doesn't do it and i think and i know there's going to be an even better payoff of this so at some point and it's probably going to be pretty bad yeah <laughs> and yeah. Uh, in a good way but uh but bad for uh what's his name would you say his name was yori yori uh, yes yeah bad bad for him and you mentioned uh, the funny, the funny aspects too. Um, I thought they did, they did a lot of that, and I, and I expect that to continue because I think that was what the appeal was in making the show was that people found the, their banter in the films to be right uh, to be comical. Second scene so, when they were hanging out together. Yeah, so like I feel like that made people. That's what got the show started, and that's going to be present. But like I, I, I thought they did some some really good subtle stuff too, like. Um, right after the uh, 106 line, she asks him uh, why he's wearing a glove and he takes a long time to answer and then says something like, I have poor circulation. <laughs> and then like he he makes a face like he turns away from her and the, <laughs> he looks toward the camera and makes a face like, God, that was a stupid fucking lie. Like he knew it was a shitty yeah, lie. Yeah. And I, th I thought that was really clever yeah. to like almost it almost kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit there. And then I also like when he was talking with the therapist and uh he's not answering and then she reaches for the notebook he's like oh okay really with the notebook like yeah. that's so passive aggressive yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty I, good I, yeah it's good too because quite honestly i expected a lot more humor out of the sam side than the bucky side yeah. so yeah. i really like that they did this and i like that they were so subtle with the bucky stuff because He's Winter Soldier. I mean, we're so used to him just appearing and fucking shit up, you know? And I mm -hmm. think that this was really cool to let us sit with him and remember the fun personality that he had in the first Captain America. Like, they were great mm -hmm. buds, yo. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that was really cool. And then to think about this, and we only get a slight hint. You haven't answered any of Sam's texts, right? When she looks mm -hmm. at his phone. So that's really the hint we get. That of the communication that could come between them, you know, um, and I thought that that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have much else. Oh, there was one other thing when 
the old man is kind of making jokes and he got basically ass out the girl for the mm-hmm. young woman for him. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, at what point did this motherfucker think she's going to say no? This is like one of the <laughs> most handsome men I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? And then like later on, she's just staring at him and yeah. she's like, I like to read minds. And I'm like, I think you like the re- x-ray vision of his pants is what I think you like because <laughs> right, <laughs> like that, that was just a funny part to me because whenever these guys, it's like the same thing with Sam. It's like, can we have a more handsome dude? Like these guys are, and women, they're all like super hot. And yeah. when they're even just among nor except for maybe Hulk, right? He just, he Ruffalo looks like a <laughs> normal Ruffalo. dude. <laughs> That's yeah, that's Ruffalo's thing. He's like a Dustin Hoffman type actor, right? He's a Dustin <laughs> yeah. Hoffman leading man. But um, it's just kind of funny. It always makes me laugh when they're amongst the regs, you know, and the plebes. And then someone's <laughs> like surprised that they think that they're handsome. Or it's like, come on, dude. Like she, she <laughs> spotted you a way long time ago, bro. You know, you were that hot guy who eats with the old man. Right, yeah, so now you're sympathetic as well. Like, oh, he's so nice. Look at him taking this old man out to lunch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? Like, could it get any more Hallmark here? It's like, seriously. (laughs) And he's a superhero. But then when he tell, if he ever tells her about all the people he murdered, she might not be so happy after that. But And um, I I suspect that'll probably happen, too. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's one thing is we're kind of closing up. I don't know if you had anything else within the episode that you wanted to shout out. Um, did, was there anything else? Oh, um, uh, uh, the only other thing that I kind of wanted to shout out was I, I thought the opening action sequence was fucking cool. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the, the whole flying, uh, the, the guys with the like wing suits or whatever and, and, and Sam chasing them in this Falcon outfit and how they would like kind of like curl into the fetal position and just like flow into these helicopters. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. They did a lot of really cool shit. Uh, and the only thing that was kind of weird was they had a shot that was very similar to uh, a shot they did with Spider-Man in Infinity War, where he was like swinging under as like debris was falling after Thanos uh, threw a moon down at him or something. And he's like swinging through and he's like up over under all this. They did something like that where it almost, it was so similar to the Spider-Man thing that like, I feel like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be taking me out of the moment like that. To where I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. And then it's like, oh, wait, this looks like the Spider-Man shot. You know what it like, is, Now I've got my film hat back on. Like, is this a shot for shot? <laughs> hey, but you know what it makes me think, bro, is this is Disney. And what was Disney famous for with all of their animated uh, movies? Recycling the basic um, animatics. Yeah. And then putting on top of them something new. So... That's I something. Be surprised yeah, that that's something I here. actually wonder about. Is with because it immediately jumped out to me <laughs> with these action scenes. You know the way Disney is, and they've they've talked about this on some of the special features. Is they have like basically a master hard drive, and they can bring up every stage of every action scene that they've ever shot. Literally, wow. like not only visually, but the notes, everything. So hmm. they were, they basically use it as a blueprint to build new action scenes off of, right? Hmm. It's just like if you're a racetrack builder, you know that certain turns do this and this, right? So as you're illustrating, this is aerial 
SFX, right? So they mm-hmm. turn, they go aerial SFX, and they see the way, and they, I wouldn't be shocked if they basically cut and paste certain elements that they've already done, say the first three basic levels of the special effects on, that they mm-hmm. can then put Sam and all that over it and build it out from there and then they're not starting from the beginning again because just like when i taught film for fucking how many 10 some years making a movie i always said this making a movie a film a tv show is just like building a house you need to start with your foundation right and you have plumbing and electricity different parts different elements it's just building something up so that's the way that they look at these and for Hmm. some people that is corporatized movie by committee. I have been one of those people who has accused it of that. But it's also <laughs> incredibly intelligent and forward thinking. And in 30 years, they can call this stuff up and reuse it, you know? And it does save money because I do wonder when they're making these TV shows, if they think that way, there is more money budgeted towards the films. So the films, what they can actually do is use that budget to build out the TV show. Right. They, they say, we know we're going to need to do this in three other TV shows. So let's build this special effects thing model for this one film, but we're going to augment it and use it in Hmm. all of these other TV shows and it saves money. So it seems smart, but it also seems risky. Like, uh, people notice it because I feel like, right. I I feel like I shouldn't be noticing that. Like, assuming that they did that. And that they do have some sort of like aerial kind of model that uh-huh. they used for Spider-Man. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be able to notice it. Well, hey, maybe you're just smart. Give yourself credit. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, not everybody notices. <laughs> Long it, shot. Though, you know? Um, yeah. And I, but go look online at Disney reused animation and you'll see like you'll see i think it's like um in jungle book and like snow white there's like one oh i saw that they, they like, use uh, the same yeah yeah it's like, yeah. yeah i've seen that it's like side by sides of so yeah right. i saw a video like that yeah, yeah. i had a film professor from peter pan in, yep. in this clip that i saw and yeah. this is they've always done this man they've always done this b-roll was always reused for westerns and it was always for tv and then film They've, this stuff has always been done because again, you're just building images, right? You need, you just have an image library is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's, I have to agree. That action scene was awesome. And I think it was so smart to have it like right at the beginning. That was a great way to start out this series. Yes. And, and I think the, the, the minimal amount of information we're going after laugh. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah, they're super, they're super stocked with weapons or something. <laughs> the guy's like, they're super stocked with weapons. He's like, okay. He's like, be subtle. And he's like, yeah, yeah. sure. I'll be subtle. So I, I thought that was cool. And yeah, the going from every time he fell out of one plane, he goes into the other plane. Mm-hmm. But you do lose a little. Like the whole point of all of that was basically because they had kidnapped somebody named and they only they don't i don't think they mentioned this guy again but here wait i had it in my notes they kidnapped someone vasant vasant the laf is targeting vasant so they've kidnapped this guy that's the guy they have 
And I don't know if he's going to come. Is he? What I'm wondering is, is he a scientist? Does he have something to do with the serum? Do you, you see what I mean? Like, why mm-hmm. did they don't really tell us why they targeted him? So I know we're going to get more of that in the show. And we're going to get deeper into that. Of course, who will? But I do wonder, will we ever see the woman that Bucky went out on a date with? Will we ever see Yori again? Is are we? I understand the way this show is going to proceed with Sam. It's obvious, right? I mean, we could write it right now. But I don't understand how Bucky. I'm really interested in the next episode to see whether Bucky is just going to leave his amends list and all that so he can just go join what Sam's doing. You see, I, that's what I'm interested yeah, in seeing. Me too. Like, cause, cause both of their individual stories were interesting Yeah, and now they're going to have, they're going to have to come together to presumably handle a, another story that we have not yet fully, that we are not yet fully aware of what it's going to be. It's right. I mean, it's going to be obviously the, whatever's going on with these, these terrorists or whatever but yeah that that is interesting like is he just like he's crossed off like two out of ten names like is, is yeah. he's like oh, fuck these other eight people and i don't know how it's <laughs> like, help sam. unless the name unless unless sam calls him up and he's like we're after this laf and he's like oh shit three of those that's motherfuckers what, are on my list <laughs> that's what i was thinking i was, I was about to say unless a couple of those motherfuckers are on his list you know <laughs> but so we'll see um do you have anything else you want to chat about uh, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I do. I do wonder if, uh, if, if we're going to see any kind of fallout from him just leaving this date in yes. the middle of a battleship game and What's never happening? coming back. <laughs> That's what like, I mean. Hey, yeah. I'm like, you're not going to get a second one. Uh, you just I, leave in the middle of battleship like that. Yeah. I loved all the Sam stuff, but on, I want to see, it's just like better call Saul and it comes to mind cause it's a split show, right? Mm-hmm. Between Mike and Saul. And I wonder and now kind of Kim and, you know, Gus and stuff, it really splits well. I wonder how they're going to come together. Are we going to leave her? Are we just going to see her in the last episode? You know what I mean? Like he comes rushing back in, you know, and she's like, there was another blip and I'm still waiting for you uh, playing Battleship or some shit. You know, how are they going to? I just, I know how I can clearly see how Sam becomes a part. I mean, how Bucky becomes a part of Sam's world, but I can't see how Sam could become a part of Bucky's world. And that's what's interesting to me. And I want to see, are they going to continue this character development like this? Or at what point does this take off and solely become a, we're going to here, we're going there, we've got to battle this, you know, like, which I'm cool with. I love that shit. But with only six episodes to go, um, it does make me wonder as far as pacing goes, I really enjoyed this episode, but I want to see what they do with the next episode. Agreed. Cool. I think a lot, a lot needs to happen with only five left. They yeah. did spend, they did spend the entire first episode kind of laying groundwork, which is smart, but not necessary. Uh, when you've already have these uh, established characters. So the fact that they created this new kind of reality for them to live in for the purpose of this show, and they spent the whole first episode laying that groundwork, it is interesting to see how how they're going to play out these remaining five episodes, since it does seem like there's a lot to cover. Yeah, definitely. And one other thing that I remembered is, I always like the augmented reality stuff, all that kind of stuff. How maybe Tony Stark, the Avengers, the aliens have affected the real world. And I, I hope that they play more into 
this augmented reality thing, it reminded me a little bit of Westworld, how they gave us a sense mm. of the greater world in season three by everybody's plugged in, you know? Mm-hmm. I kind of like the MCU going in that direction. I think that that adds, like I said, it adds motivate my motivation for caring about the characters and their journeys and also whether or not half the population dies because some days i wake up and i'm like that wouldn't be so bad maybe i should join the flag wavers <laughs> you know, like, be a lot quieter around here i'm tired uh, do you know how many times i've been on the freeway and i thought I'm like i wish i could just snap my fingers and get rid know, of two percent of these motherfuckers for real seriously i mean like half the reason i live in oregon and not new jersey is because there's like one fourth of the amount of people out here if i could do that in jersey i might be living back there again me and tony oh, soprano could be hanging out all right well this was a great episode thank you mike of course um thanks everyone for watching if you are watching on one mic, please remember to like this and subscribe. We'll be back next week. Uh, I'm going to release this a little bit later. So Mike's going to have a little bit, I think like a day ahead of me. You I'll can probably, watch it yeah, on YouTube. I'll probably release it on like Tuesday, okay. uh, probably. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. And uh, once again, hit us at DVRpodcast.com. Check out one mic and email us DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear what you think of not only the show, but this show that we're talking about. Anything you want to hear us say. And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see how this story continues. Peace out, everybody. See ya. Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. The men's accessories marketplace. Head on over to CuffLinks.com slash DVR today. And use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. They've got tons of stuff over there, whether it's gift set boxes. They've got Marvel ones. I'm looking right now, Captain America shields, baby. They have style from a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, any of the geeky stuff. And of course, the classic styles that you've grown to love. And you... The listener will be rewarded because we're going to be doing some giveaways this season. So stay tuned. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today.